Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. I'm recording this the week of February 2nd. I want to thank you again for downloading this week's Extra Point. It means a lot to me that you take time to listen, so I appreciate that. If you are listening, I'm guessing you are a pretty vital part of the life of Ogletown Baptist Church, and I'm so grateful for what God is doing at Ogletown. Sometimes we only get a little glimpse of it. Sometimes we see in great, great kind of big picture what God is doing. But I think of Saturday morning, we have a a class meeting learning American Sign Language, just some of the basics to communicate with uh, friends and people coming to our church and, and even those outside of our church. Each week, uh, multiple times during the week, we have ladies gathering to dive into God's word together. Uh, There are multiple places where I've been, even in the past week, this dawned on me, I was sharing it with our staff, where multiple places where I see the church praying together, where I have been praying with other brothers and sisters in Christ, taking uh, people that matter to us, taking their needs to the Lord. I also have seen regular deep love and support really cross-generational. And that's been so encouraging to me, whether it's senior adults caring for one another, whether it's uh, people coming alongside those that are doing foster care and and really lifting them up, supporting them, whether it's walking alongside people in their grief. It's just an amazing thing to watch. I'm so encouraged by it. So this is a good time to be at Ogletown Baptist Church. I also have really enjoyed diving into the book of Acts. So we're going to be in Acts for a little while as a church. I'm actually not sure how long because I just believe the Lord would have us be here for a little while. This past Sunday, we went into Acts chapter 2, which is so significant to the grand story of Scripture, so significant to what it means to be a church, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to have the Holy Spirit. And so uh, kind of my plan now is to divide Acts 2 into three weeks. So this past Sunday, I talked about the event of Pentecost. So kind of the first 13 verses cover that, the event But that event needed an explanation. So Lord willing, that's where I'm going this coming Sunday is an explanation of what that event of Pentecost and the the tongues of fire, what all that meant. And then the very end of the chapter are the effects of Pentecost and what it meant for the rhythms and the life of the church together, the disciples of Jesus. So that's a big picture where I'm going. Uh, we're spending three weeks in Acts chapter two, just to make sure we understand the event, the explanation, the effects, and uh, hopefully that'll be helpful. Hopefully we'll have a real good grasp on this day of Pentecost. I did get some questions uh, with the extra point, uh, a couple related to what is this filling of the spirit? Is this what was promised in as Jesus talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because those words, baptism of the Spirit, filling of the Spirit, do seem to be used differently in other places in Scripture. So I I think the promise that Jesus was making of being immersed or baptized in the Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, the Spirit being poured out on his people, I think that's what's being talked about here in Acts 2, even as it's called the filling of the Spirit. And I, I do think it's important that we don't get hung up too much on like the word picture of being filled. I read sometimes books that kind of present it as we're a jar or a container and and then you get questions like, does the spirit leak? Do we have less of the spirit? And, and it just seems like the analogy becomes the master rather than the servant. I, I do believe the Lord uh, is trying to communicate to us. We can be immersed. Our life can be under the control and operation of the Holy Spirit. And that's 
we have the indwelling of the Spirit, something that doesn't seem to be any anywhere before this. In the Old Testament, it doesn't seem like all believers everywhere are going to have this kind of empowerment and control and operation of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So I do see this filling as being exactly what Jesus was talking about and promising in the Holy Spirit that he would send that would uh, immerse them and would control them and they would receive the Spirit. Uh, another question was, how does this teaching in Acts 2 of speaking in other tongues, how does that compare with 1 Corinthians? Is it talking about the same thing? Because 1 Corinthians also talks about uh, speaking in tongues. So I think the Corinthian passage is different from this passage in Acts 2, because I, I think very clearly this passage in Acts 2 is not talking about uh, utterances which cannot be understood, not known languages. I think Acts 2 is talking about, very clearly talking about, known languages. So when the people were speaking, what was being heard is a known language, not some sort of uh, ecstatic utterance that they they had no language, no understanding, and we got to uh, bring in an interpreter. Actually, there, there's no interpreter here of what's being spoken and what's being received. Uh, it is the power of the Holy Spirit working. So that leaves a whole host of questions open in 1 Corinthians. But I think the, the point in Acts 2 is this idea of languages and being heard, known languages, and being able to hear God's word, the mighty works of God, the wonders of God, hearing those in your own language. So I, I do differentiate um, from Acts 2 and the teaching of 1 Corinthians. And another pretty significant difference to me is Acts 2 is a very, very focused on evangelism, uh, very focused on taking God's word, spreading the good news. And it seems like the tongues that are occurring in Corinth that Paul is addressing in 1 Corinthians are much more in the context of an individual believer's life and for building up or however it's being used there. So again, that's a that's another discussion for another day, but I do see a difference. I wanted to just highlight a couple other things that I see in Acts 2, especially the event side that I was speaking about on Sunday. It just struck me that uh, Acts 2 is a loaded, loaded passage. It's one of those, I mean, John 3 is this way, loaded. Romans 8 is loaded with things that will instruct us. I find Ephesians 6 is loaded with instruction. Isaiah 40, loaded. I mean, so there are plenty of places that we go in Scripture that have just uh, a lot of meaning. And uh, Isaiah 53, and I mean, we, we could go on and on on different passages that you could study for a long time. Acts 2 is one of those. One of the reasons that it is loaded is because there are multiple things going on. And sometimes simultaneously things are going on. So, so let me share just a couple of those. In one sense, Acts 2 is about an, a collective experience that the disciples are having together as they are in the upper room. But it's also a very individual experience. So each one receives the Holy Spirit. Each one has a, a tongue of fire, but it, it starts with them collectively being together. So they're not all stranded in different locations. This isn't happening at 15 different places. They're together, but each individual is having an experience with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's telling to us. We, we ought to be together. And even as we are together, God is working individually, not just collectively. I also find in Acts 2, and I alluded to this somewhat as we went into the Lord's Supper this past Sunday, but I, I find in Acts 2, there being very physical dimensions. There's uh, the, They're in a room, in a house, 
in a city called Jerusalem and they hear a sound and uh, they see uh, a tongue of fire. It appears to them. It rests on them. So these are very physical things that are going on. They, they speak in languages. But there's also something spiritual, right? Truly spiritual, connected, uh, connected to the Holy Spirit of God. So uh, sometimes we want to separate those things out, the physical and the spiritual. But those things are both very, very present and together, and you really cannot pull those apart. They're meant to be woven together and appreciated together. There are physical things going on as well as spiritual things going on. I also find that the day of Pentecost is also a local thing, but a global thing. So of course we see that, right? Locally, something's going on in Jerusalem. Verse five, now there were, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, but they're men from every nation under heaven. So while it is very localized in Jerusalem, and that makes sense to me, too, because Jesus said, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. It's like right there, Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So there's something very local going on, but it's global. There are people from all parts of the, the Roman Empire, all parts of really the known world from Jerusalem. And you can just see how you kind of trace the, the map. And I showed a map on Sunday of all these nations around the Mediterranean going into Africa and Asia, down to Arabia, into Turkey, into Europe, and all these different places. Locally, there's a great movement, but we see uh, the rippling effects of this are felt globally. And the rest of the book of Acts is going to tell that story. It also is something that is new. It's a new work of the Holy Spirit, but it's very much connected. Uh, in that way, it is it's sudden. I mean, it's like they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, but it also was promised. There was something expected about this. So it's sudden and expected. It's new and it's connected. It's something that uh, God had promised. And I mentioned even there are hints in the story of the Tower of Babel. If you just read Genesis 11 and then go read Acts 2, you see almost a reversing of the effects, the things that were so harmful in Genesis 11. You see God restoring some things in Acts chapter 2. And uh, even the story on Mount Sinai, go read Exodus 19, Exodus 20, and you'll get allusions and you'll you'll see some of the echoes that are then really in the rest of the book of Acts. But or, And the rest of the book of Exodus, you see some parallels going on. So this is something new, but it's very much connected. And I also could say this is very unique. We don't read of another day quite like this one, this day of Pentecost when the tongues of fire came from heaven. But it also is, there's something normal about what's going to happen, and that is God's word is going to be given to people in their language. This is the heartbeat of missions that will go on, and here we are in 2020. And there are people that are still taking the mighty works of God and translating those into other languages. So this heartbeat that Christians have had is a missional heartbeat to take God's word and get it into the languages of people. So there's something very, again, unique at Pentecost when it happened without any sort of language training, without any sort of language school. But all over the world, there are people that are translating the Bible, learning languages. And I I think there's something connected there that we should not miss. So there is so much more that we could talk about from Acts 2. 
but I, I want you to see the connections and I want you to appreciate all that God is doing because we live now in the age of the Holy Spirit being present with us, empowering us for witness. We are eyewitness, we aren't the eyewitnesses, but we bear witness to the eyewitnesses who saw Jesus and uh, we give their message. That's what we have to share. So I hope that is helpful to you, even connecting more dots, even as you reflect a little bit more on this message of Acts chapter two. I'm going to, in the show notes, link to some things that I'm reading. So feel free to go over to that. Uh, I think even within this podcast, you'll be able to access and uh, a link to the show notes. I want to share with you some things that I'm reading and some things that I'm listening to. Maybe you will have some interest in that. Again, I thank you for taking the time to listen to The Extra Point. Bye for now, and I hope to see you on Sunday. Mm-hmm.